0: Uh, let me read the scriptures to you this morning, or for you this morning, um, and then we'll begin. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs twenty one twenty one, Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. Proverbs 3, 3 and 4. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. And then Philippians 2. If there is in any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others. May God bless the reading and preaching of his word. I don't know if you know what it's like to sit in a small group of people who are like-minded about the most essential things but have differing opinions on something else. And let's say that group has to make a decision for hundreds of other people. That's Tuesday, last Tuesday. And as I was thinking about it, I was thinking about all the ways that we've been formed to think about things like masks and distancing. And I, and, and I think, Redeemer, you have done beautifully and wonderfully and been patient and kind in this. And, and in some ways, this sermon is to encourage that further. Y'all have really been awesome, and I'm so thankful how you've navigated so much. But I was also thinking about the fact that in some ways, uh, that, is it possible that, um, that some of us are maybe too concentrated uh, on the science of it and not thinking about the personal um, health or, or mental health issues? Maybe some of us are thinking about the civil liberties and freedom or the politics, or, or even of epidemiology as a whole, or just maybe one aspect of the ethics that we're called to? What if even in our good navigation, we have um, not relied enough on the spirit of the resurrected Jesus that lives in us and is revealed to us in his word, or even if we have, that we could get more of that as we move forward? The issue is that, The resurrected christ doesn't give us guidelines or policy first but he does give us a way to navigate these differences give yourself to the idea that god's wisdom about masks and distancing is more radical more radically true more radically beautiful than our imaginations can conjure without with just the limitations of some of the categories i just said what if god's way both cuts across and absorbs all those things while including all the good they have to offer. offer. But maybe he aims us in a different way to get where we need to be. Let me introduce you to a concept that I've been learning in coaching, uh, vocational coaching. It's the difference between a complicated problem and a complex problem. Now, complicated problems are like car repair. Very complicated for me in particular. But it's also like the Lego set of the Millennium Falcon that has 7,500 pieces. That's a complicated problem. But if you attend to those directions, build it patiently, this is why it won't go so well for me, you do it in the right order, the path becomes clear. There is a finite way, a good way forward, and it is clear. It's complicated, but you can do it. Now, a complex problem is different than that. It's more like child-rearing, or trying to build the Millennium Falcon in a windstorm or in the ocean. There are variables and unknowns that come, that, that, that the process may have to be adjusted, and maybe even some of your hopes for the outcomes. Complex problems resist predetermined outcomes, and even though they have desires and goals and hopes, they need to change along the way, or even the ultimate form may need to change. Masks, distancing, gathering for worship, love of neighbor, connecting with the body, trying to care for each other in the, the, what I will believe will be a very significant increase in mental health issues. Submission to the government. That's not just complicated, that's complex. And that's where we are. So facing these problems, your elders got together with some guests and, and, and did what they do tried to work this out together in love, with the commitments to worship, to love our neighbors well, to submit to our governing authorities, to protect life amid a brand new disease, and celebrate the awesome realities of the progress that we've all made. Our decision was by no means earth-shattering, but it was otherworldly. Not because you're going to go, oh, that was incredible, who thought of that? Everybody's thought a lot of good ways forward but because the manner in which we did it was one that I believe honored the Lord. The why and the how brought us to the what. So for Redeemer's guidelines for this next season are pretty simple. Masks and distancing are optional for all our activities indoor and out. We ask that you mask and distance if you are vulnerable, you're taking care of the vulnerable, you're not vaccinated, or simply not comfortable unmasking. These are simply the guidelines and recommendations of our governor's latest orders, and I understand Winston might have come out something as well, so now we'll have to go figure out what the complexity of that problem brings to bear. But we added two more, and these two are the ones where's the goodie, the thing that's most important, the thing that I think is most valuable for us. We ask that you talk to your neighbors about their masks and distancing desires, and for you to have a mask handy depending on how those conversations go. Complex problems aren't solved once and for all. We may need to change courses. We may see that herd immunity is much more closer than we think. We may see all sorts of other different things. So we offer you these guidelines in a manner of humility. We could be wrong. We could be either overdoing it or underdoing it. We could be more or less restrictive than we ought to be, which is why we are asking you also to receive them humbly. So, were the guidelines clear? So, this means we're actually gonna practice this right now. Seriously, talk to each other, see where you are. If you're unmasked, I mean if you're, you're, the masks are optional, as I said before, we're asking you for masks for the other reasons. You can actually call someone closer to you if you want. You can snuggle up if you'd like, and you're com- if you're both comfortable with that, don't be weirded out at each other. So go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me tell you the truth now, y'all. I took too much time, we've taken too much time and energy to try, like, the point isn't the guidelines. That's the what. The point is the why and the how. And this sermon is about the why and the how. Believe it or not, the Bible is silent on what we should do coming out of a global pandemic there's no passage about that but it is absolutely clear about how and why we do whatever we do absolutely clear and so now i have three easy steps to how to be a flourishing community amid a diverse group of opinions about masks and distancing. You know I'm the three easy step guy all the time. I'm never nuanced or anything like that. They're going to feel like they come out of left field because they do. They come from the very word of God, from the eternal one. So here's the first one. Step one, relish God's grace. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection, any sympathy, then make my joy complete. Have you ever been encouraged in Jesus, comforted by his love? If so, say, I have. I have. have you not known that because of Jesus, you participate in the triune God? the resurrected spirit, the beloved son, and the father? If you have, say, I participate. That one wasn't as easy for you. (laughs) Have you ever experienced affection or sympathy from God or brother or sister in Christ? If so, say, affection is mine. And sympathy is mine. mine. Relish God's grace. Why? Because it is the glorious kindness of Jesus that we actually get to live in the life of God. It is the starting point for all ethical practice. Nothing good can happen in the life of a Christian if it doesn't start with first beginning being transformed by God's grace. Every single Christian has the spirit of the living God in him, and he or she lives in the triune God. What? Every one of us knows that Jesus has been patient with us, is less, often less concerned about us getting it right than how we treat one another and how we honor him in what we do. Even if a person, especially if a person Is someone you deem to be misguided or wrong. Kindness, grace, empathy, and love have changed our worlds, so they change the way we live and move and have our being in the world. Relish God's grace. That is step one. And as we move to step two, let me read you what he says after, make my joy complete. By being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. That's not, that's not exact, uh, uh, exactness of the same ideas. That's being one together. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. And so the second step is rely on God's people. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs claims that you and I are united together and that we are meant for each other. We need our different takes and nuances about masks and distancing and frankly every other issue that goes on in the world because that becomes the crucible for wisdom. What if God, our loving Father, is using the adversity that comes from COVID and all the junk around it to grow our skills in wisdom, in the art of living as He intends? What if He's doing something more beautiful than we can imagine? That we were born together, to believe that we were born for each other in adversity. That's why we exist as reborn people. Unmasking this wisdom requires us to join the friends and family plan with people that we disagree. Adversity with masks and distancing are are, are just the times that we're in, so we bear that adversity together. Listen, friends and family, on the friends and family plan, your brothers and sisters in this room and on the sets or uh, on the other side of the live stream have very different reactions to the governor's orders. Some are giddy. Some are like, "It's about time." Some are tentatively hopeful. Others are nervous. Some thinks it's un- it was foolish and unwise that we should just wait a little bit longer. Embrace this reality as your friend and family. Friends that we are to love at all times. Family born for us in this adversity. Here's your family and friends. Some of our friends and family are vaccinated by choice. They either thought it was the best way to preserve life or the quickest way to get to herd immunity or or frankly to get the relief of the restrictions as quickly as possible. Some people did it excitedly. Some people had real consternation about it, weren't sure what to do or if they wanted to do it or not. Some of our friends and family want to be vaccinated but for all sorts of different reasons, eligibility, availability, medical conditions, and all sorts of other things have not had that opportunity yet or are waiting on that opportunity to be theirs. Some of our friends and family can be vaccinated but chose not to for all sorts of varied reasons. The novelty of the vaccine, the inequity of its distribution, the belief that it's better to be exposed to the real thing first, there's all sorts of reasons for this. This is our friends and family, this is us, all of us. This is who we are, who you are, and every single one of you is welcome in this space. You belong here, we belong to you, you belong to us. And you're not just welcome, you're welcomed in. Maybe precisely because of our differences, God is using this. As Troy Bolton so eloquently said, we're all in this together. That was only a little laugh, nobody laughed in the first service. I was pretty sure because they were overwhelmed by the beauty of my voice, but I didn't, wasn't sure. So, step one is to relish his grace. Step two is to rely on his people. Step three is to get some water. Um, so, step three. This will be the longer one. Manner is the magic. The first two were Why? because we've been redeemed by his good grace, and we've redeemed to one another. The second one is how, or the third one is how. Manner means that what we do is important, but how we do it is essential. The scripture seems to not first talk about what we do when it comes to wisdom, but how we do it. If you read James on wisdom, they're all adverbs. They're all things that we do along the way, the way we do it along the way. Proverbs 3, 3 through 4 says, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor, grace, and good repute in the sight of God and man. And 21, 21, Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness, which is chesed, the, the covenant love of God, will find life and righteousness and honor, weight and goodness in a community. You may wear a mask or not wear a mask, but you do not have the option of not putting on or wearing love and faithfulness around your neck. And we inscribe those policies and guidelines in our hearts. We pursue righteousness and kindness with each other. That's how we will find favor with one another and God. That's where we will find life. And so sometimes righteousness and faithfulness or love and faithfulness will have us masked at times and other times not. Because sometimes love, faithfulness, and kindness will mean that you will gladly put on a mask for the sake of your neighbor. Whatever they're going through, you don't even have to know it or understand it. It'll just be a kindness. And sometimes it will gladly take a mask off because they need to see you and you need to see them in a different kind of way and that is good and right. Masks are optional, but love is not. So what does this wearing of love, faithfulness and kindness look like? I'm going to give you three more things. They're kind of general biblical principles, but they're also in our text today. Set, number 1, set self as second. Set self as second. Look let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. One of the most beautiful, simple, ridiculously simple, and beautiful thing happened when we were having this discussion. One of our guests, who's been at our church for thirty years, she's an amazing woman. It was mask optional, and she was bringing up her chair, sitting to sit next to somebody else to get the circle. And she said this. She asked, "Is this too close for you?" And I went, "We're done." If we would just all do that, we would be okay. And he said, no way. You can't sit that, qu-. he was co- kidding, but he was like, no, get away. So, anyway. so we go, you know, have a little whimsy about it. let don't not take ourselves too seriously. It's just so beautiful. That's it. Right there. Putting her comfort and confidence, her f- full, clear conscience, second to the person in front of her. Set self a second. Now, don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean that self is not important. How you feel, how you're operating in these, it really is important. It doesn't say self is irrelevant. She was unmasked, and comfortably so, and that was good. Look, if we just were only worried about the person that was worried about us, we'd all just wear gas masks all the time, which I was looking for one all week and asked Brandy, children's ministry doesn't have gas masks. <laughs> they had everything else in the world but not gas masks. We all have choices in this. And it's okay to ask your brother and sister in Christ what theirs are, and then put yourself second. It's okay. But there are other choices we need to talk about, not just those simple interactions that are wonderful and beautiful, but the choices we make in our own heart are really important too. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. So it's not just doing something different, it's the adjustment of the heart. So we have to immunize arrogance with humility. And that's the second step. Okay. Who among you in the last 18 months has ever experienced being judged or shamed because of the way you masked or didn't? If you have not, you're probably not intuitive. (laughs) Because someone has. (laughs) Now be honest. Who among you has judged or shamed in your own heart because of someone's decisions about masks and distancing? It's almost a ridiculous question. We have been utterly trained to do this. And we must untrain this. We've been utterly trained to be haughty about our place, uh, about this, but we must immunize that that arrogance with humility. What will you do with your heart over the next weeks as we're continuing to have little conflicts here and there? Not necessarily negative ones, but around those desires of limits of masks and distancing with someone else or session, what are you going to do, elders? We know we all didn't agree on the exact strategy for things, it was a majority vote. What are you going to do with your own heart, with guidelines you don't fully buy into internally? It's a choice of the heart. And the first choice in that heart is to abandon our arrogance in these things, to actually count, reckon, choose to value the other person's view in this. When you give that other person a kind of weight, what happens in that humility is that you get curious. You get curious about them, and you get curious about your own reasons for having your own opinions, and that's a good thing. So we have to resist the temptation to judge them as either feel fearful or foolish. We don't know their stories. This is confusing. And so we wanna, we wanna create a judgment-free run, zone, but not just a judgment-free zone, an actually humility saturated zone. So we might even just even question our own presuppositions in this. Stay curious to ourselves. And humility gives us the way forward in that. Don't let the adversity of this time make you mad. Let it make you humble. Our stories are just too diverse. Our reasons too complex. Our histories too manifold for us to be sitting around being judgy all the time. Just ask and talk and figure out what you want and how you want to operate and live and be and share that with uh, and with no shame. We're too finite and fallen. And especially even as leaders, we have to make decisions for others. Please receive our own feeble work and the feeble work, hard work you have to do in humility. There's not a lot of like, moral certainty about policies and procedures and guidelines and recommendations. There is moral certainty about love and humility. And that is our way forward. And this is the other way we make manner the magic. It too is a posture of the heart. All this stuff he says, Paul, and he says, complete my joy by being one. Not exact same, but by being one. And so what the third, the, the, the third way in which we make manner the magic is this hope and expectation that the resurrected Christ is doing something in us to make us more like him. Paul has an expectation of a surprising unity that would emerge by the power of Jesus. I want you to be excited and expectant and hopeful amid this crazy world of judgment and toxicity and somehow mask or like politicized and become like this social issue statement one way or another that, that, that our world doesn't know how to do this, but we do. We don't know how to always do it well, but we do because we have the power of the risen one who's bringing forth this unity one way or another. I know it's a little hokey to do a sermon on masks and distancing. But as you might surmise, this sermon has nothing to do with masks and distancing. It's some mere application. Masks and distancing and worship and the CDC gathering guidelines and the governor's orders and all the stuff that we that, that are a part of this are not the point. Because it's about Jesus producing resurrection wisdom into a mid-sized church coming out of a pandemic amid a socially toxic context and hasn't done it in a while. It's not about policy or procedure first, but about Jesus and the spirit of the resurrected Savior doing something beautiful in our midst. He's unmasking wisdom in us whether we wear a mask or not because it's about Jesus as our Lord and his love for the church. The truth is, You can take this sermon and do the find-replace function and put any ethical issue we deal with. You can find and replace, and it's the same thing. Cherish your salvation. Rely upon your brother and sister. And make manner the magic. Temporary guidelines are simply our feeble, finite, and fallen attempt to lead and love the church. The real policy The real God-given policy is relish God's grace, rely on God's church, and make the manner of the magic. And frankly, that's a really bad policy for clarity's sake. But it's actually the best policy to get us to the what we will do. It's not a specific rule to follow. It's not a box to check. It's a way of being in the world. It embraces the tension of feeling right about something because, you know, it puts the self second. It immunizes the arrogance with humility and hopes, expects that God will bring the magic of his mercy to bear in our midst. Here's what I want from us, y'all. I want everyone in our church, whether masked or unmasked, vaccinated or unvaccinated, to experience the life we have in Christ and belonging to one another. And I want us to do that, both in the glory of that and the sacrificial living in that. I want you to feel freedom about the choices you've made and I want you to be willing to give up your freedom and take the burden off someone else and the choices they've made. I want you to feel free to challenge your own decisions and decision-making process without shame or guilt. I want you to be able to have a frank conversation with the people that are closest to you about why, be, why they had the decisions that they made and for you to do it without pride or judgment. I want you who are utterly confident to have a little more curiosity and I want those who are utterly unsure to have a little more confidence because this is about the eternal one that the rest of Philippians talks about. We want to see him more clearly and make him more clearly known to the world. It's so much more, this eternal one, One, than these guidelines, temporary as they are. And here is what the rest of Philippians 2 says. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so now, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at that name of Jesus, every knee would bow in heaven, on earth, even under the earth. And that every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Jesus, we do thank you. Help us. You've done so much good and worked so much good in us. Continue to do that. Especially when so many of us are at at these, these tense times and work situations and even like going into stores sometimes, the signs don't mean what they say and say what they mean. Oh, just help us love one another. Tamp down our frustration. Increase our humility. Give us love for our brothers and sisters, especially to those who do not know you. We pray all this in your name. Amen.